for further analysis on what's playing itself out on that market scene, I'm joined by Robert Tao from Sassman Securities. Robert, good afternoon to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Even afternoon. All right, Rob, volatile times. Um, when it's down, it's down. When it's up, it's up. And it could all happen on, on the same day at the same time. Let's talk about the volatile week that we have seen in markets uh, from today. Yes, now obviously we saw a very big jump yesterday in the commodities. Uh, and it's the first time we've seen really solid buying on the South African bourse into commodities for a, quite a long time. Uh, we also had good volume yesterday above uh, 20 billion. I think it was nearly 24 billion yesterday. So some real buying coming into our commodity side. And, you know, a flick of the button and you saw money come back into the market. You know, we've had some good China numbers this week and China's slowly starting to get the economy going. Uh, the, again, this morning we had retail sales out of China, which were firmer than expected, slightly better than expected, including the luxury side. So we see some counters recovering there, like Richmond on our, on our bourse. We see a really good number on uh, iron ore moving up again and some of the other commodity prices. So we saw that all flow through yesterday. And then again today we're starting to see it through, at least on the commodity side, that it's continuing. Not quite as strong as earlier this morning, but, you know, we've had a very weak uh, few weeks in the market and lots of information to digest with interest rates. Still waiting for the main one, which is next week with U.S. interest rates. But we saw a small increase from the ECB yesterday uh, and markets, you know, went back uh, onto on onto the buying side. And we saw also a new uh, very big IPO in Arm yesterday, which is the semiconductor business coming uh, out of uh, out of out of Japan. So that was also a good listing. And that was also very positive for the U.S. market that jumped up quite substantially at its listing. So we've had a very good and positive week. And let's see if this carries on through to next week as well. Absolutely. Uh, I must ask you, Rob, is it worth it to, uh, you know, be trading up and down with China here? Because, of course, we could uh, come online on Monday and uh, there could be uh, some adverse news about China. And then we'd see, you know, everything going back in the red. So I'm wondering if markets participants are, uh, you know, keen to just keep riding the wave when it's up, it's up and when it's down, it's down. So I think obviously the, the traders will enjoy these type of moves. I think for the China side, you've got to take a look at what stocks will be impacted uh, by stimulus from China, and that includes our commodity shares. And then you have to take a look, you know, what commodity are you buying, what commodity share are you buying, and where is it, you know, what are its valuations and its cost issues uh, around it. So on the platinum side, you know, people are worried about uh, demand uh, from ICE vehicles, which is the, you know, the current vehicles rather from than EVs. So that's an issue you have to take a look at and to say, you know, is this the bottom of the market for platinum? And then you can take a look at iron ore and, you know, is the property sector in China now stabilizing finally? And, you know, iron ore will settle and, you know, those are, those are good companies to look at. So there's a few multifacets to take a look at. But in, in general, I think that the Chinese are really trying hard to get this uh, economy stable and starting to increase and you're starting to see it in the numbers now. Well, that's uh, certainly uh, comforting. Let's talk about some of the important uh, results that came out this week. We had first-round really a set of numbers, but I think more than the set of numbers, uh, Rob, I'm keen to get some commentary from um, Alan Pullinger there. He spoke about uh, South Africa and not being able to get out of grey listing possibly. But most importantly, is that commentary around a difficult 2024. A growth point shared the same sentiments. Met Air as well this week shared the same sentiments. Are we starting to understand that this year was tough, but next year will be tougher? It's interesting. Obviously, at first, uh, when you first look at first rounds numbers, they're very, very good numbers for a difficult market. Um, but then, you know, the comments were quite negative. And I think if you go back a few days as well from Transaction Capital um, in SA Taxi, you've seen that SA Taxi's uh, 
you know, the numbers are not there that they were pre-COVID. So you're not seeing the amount of people traveling and using the, the taxi service, which indicates that on the lower end of the market, people are either unemployed or in battling to get to work. So there's fewer people working. And that's feeding through into the banks now, as you see, especially on the lower income side where people are battling. And you're starting to see some uptick across the board um, in uh, loans that are not being able to be paid, especially in mortgages. And the mortgage side is interesting because that's more the middle class uh, you know, who have got mortgages there. So, yes, you know, you're starting to see the load shedding, this continual load shedding for, uh, you know, four hours a day all the way up to 10 hours a day, starting to impact businesses. And eventually businesses do close. I see Davilius Chocolates, which is a local chocolate maker, uh, is looking to close now because they just cannot keep producing chocolate and tempered uh, uh, chocolate, you know, when there's load shedding and they can't, they don't have a, the a product that can take the costs on. Mm -hmm. So if you're producing bread, you know, it's a necessity. You can push that cost onto people eventually and, you know, that you can keep producing that product. But if you've got a product that can't take the load shedding costs, you know, and, and you can't sell it for any higher level, you know, then those businesses are going to close down. So I think you're starting to see that filter into the economy. And really it is load shedding which will uh, make or break the economy. Now, if we get to December, and Kasuli, Mapudi, uh, you know, you've got more power coming on and it eases. I think then 2024 won't be as bad. But if it continues at this rate, yes, definitely. You can see it coming through the bank's numbers that it is very difficult for SA at the moment to get growth and for people to pay uh, and, uh, and borrow money. And then let's head over to our insurance. They released a set of numbers today. That share price is down 2.38%. I'm wondering what has market participants uh, unhappy with uh, this set of numbers. It looks like Australia came through for them as uh, expected. The South African market is not uh, particularly strong right now as per our discussion just now. Yes, yeah, so insurance uh, it was uh, RAND uh, merchant insurance before. So, you know, there's been, uh, they're, they're now their own business. And so there's a few numbers in there that uh, are difficult to read. But all in all, I think it was a relatively good set of numbers. I think that the share price has done quite quite well over the last three or four weeks. And maybe it's some profit uh, taking coming in um, uh, in the numbers. Uh, overall, they'll, they'll a fair set of numbers. So I think maybe just some profit taking coming in. Haven't gone in through them in great detail yet. Uh, but nothing untoward in the numbers as to suggest that it'll be sold down much more than it has today. Uh, I think some profit taking and, you know, you saw again in Sunlum's numbers earlier um, that, you know, new business is hard to get. So current business is good. Um, the endowment effect is very good for the insurance companies. But new business is hard to get. So, you know, it's getting tighter and tighter within the insurance business. But overall, a good set of numbers. Rob, I'd like to get your stock back in a bit. But first, I'd like us to maybe reflect on some counters that have found favor with your industry peers. My pick tonight is Mundi. I think it's a very good business with a, a good management team that has been held back by the fallout in, from the Russia-Ukraine war. They're still holding on to quite a big business there that they're trying to sell, sitting on their balance sheet at around 850-odd million. I think even if they, even if you write that down to a quarter of that or even almost zero, I think there's still value in the stock. They've got a good track record of investing capital in new operations and ex capital, capital expansion with attractive returns on investment historically over long periods of time they've positioned themselves in good niches in terms of where sustainable packaging uh, and value-added packaging is going globally 60 to 70 percent of the exposure is in europe so i think you're getting it at a discount that is partly because of this noise around russia mm. i think it's a good company it might be cyclical you might have to be patient but we see decent uh, upside in the valuation here and it's a, it's a company i would i would like
Oxfam International, I, I picked this in July last year, just before the results, taking a bit of a chance. The results came out last year, very good. They fell to historic price earnings of 12. Uh, results out two, three days ago, they're back to historic price earnings of 12. Um, operationally doing very well, um, considering, again, load shedding and then everything that goes with it shows the management team that knows what they're doing. Some optionality in growing their market share in gambling. And their um, tourism business is cooking and positive outlook for the rest of the year. So not expensive, pretty decent dividend yield, lovely price graph. Sibanye, um, I think they're a well-diversified uh, mining counter. Uh, they offer a product that goes into multiple sectors, which adds value. And I think they have a good future going forward, given their development and exploration. All right, Rob, keen to get your thoughts on some of those counters. Mondi, Sun International, as well as Sibanye Stillwater. Yeah, so very different companies across the board there. Mondi we like, um, and paper we like in general. Obviously, uh, we like Sapi as well. Um, Sapi, uh, not as much as in packaging as Mondi is, but Mondi is a good company, as uh, the commentator said there. Management uh, continues to perform. Uh, you do have that hangover of their business in, in Russia. Uh, you know, when it looked like it was getting sold I th a few weeks ago, I think it bounced up to about 330 Rand. It's now back down to about 310, 315. Uh, so, yes, they do have that uh, hanging over them, but I think they will get rid of that asset in Russia. Uh, and we do like packaging globally. Uh, and sustainable packaging. It is the long-term way to go as people move away from plastic. So I think Mondi is well-situated, gives you a good rand hedge in your portfolio as well. Uh, moving on to Sun International, a very good recovery story there after a very difficult COVID period. You know, and, uh, you know, with the rand at, uh, you know, 20 to the dollar nearly and uh, over 20 for the euro and the pound, you know, a lot of local uh, locals are going on holiday locally using Sun International locally. So I think that's very good for their local business. And then the sports betting and betting business is really big. They do have a very good uh, sports betting platform, which is doing exceptionally well at this stage. And, you know, slightly expensive at the moment because they've had such a good run on their share. But, uh, you know, a very good recovery story there after being in a lot of debt after COVID. And they've restructured that business really well and they've, their brand is still strong. So, you know, nothing wrong with Sun International. We don't own Sun International, but it's something that we're looking at. And then Sabania Stillwater, that's a bit more difficult. Uh, Platinum at this stage is in the doldrums. Uh, they have started to move away. They've got a very interesting lithium project um, in the Northern Hemisphere that's going to take a bit of capital. So definitely a difficult year for Sabania 2023. Um, and we should see some of the, 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 the purchases that went through in 22 and 23 coming through in 2024. So I think 24 will be a much better year for them. At this stage, you know, on a PE level, they're very cheap. Uh, and, you know, we'll just have to see if the if the platinum price has bottomed uh, over the next few of, few weeks. And if they start to see platinum come 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 back over well over 900 and palladium, you know, start to firm up, especially the rhodium price. I think you'll see a really big move in Sabania. So Sabania is something that we do hold and we think that there is value in Sabania. Mm -hmm. But you might have to wait till 2024 to really get a move out of Sabania. And then Rob Keen, to get your a stock pick for today, which counter are you going with? So even though you saw uh, some uh, uh, negative effects after from first rand's numbers, we still think that you're going to get a really good uh, dividend from SA Banks. And you know, after a pullback in in first rand, uh, you know, I think first rand is still a good bet. If you can get it anywhere close to 70 or 69, 70 rand, I think that you're going to have a good investment there over the next year, year and a half, and it's something you can add to your portfolio. 
Well, Rob, always a pleasure catching up with you, getting your thoughts and insights. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll catch up again sometime soon. That was your Midday Markets Update with Robert Tal from Sassman Securities.